Hey everybody, welcome back to Letterman Row. I am Austin Ward, joined by Tim May and Jeremy Birmingham. This is the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. It's the first one of a game week. Uh, Nebraska and Ohio State on Saturday at noon in the Horseshoe. Ryan Day gave his weekly press conference. Uh, it was on Zoom as part of the uh, new changes for 2020. Uh, and then Greg Studrawa, the Ohio State offensive line coach, also gave some updates as the Buckeyes make those final preparations for the Huskers. Tim, I'll just open it for you. What was the most important takeaway uh, that you had from that conversation with those two coaches? Well, number one, from a starting position standpoint, the Nicholas Petit Frere being basically declared the starter at right tackle, I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. But, you know, we've been led to believe there's been a competition going on there with Emmett Paris Johnson Jr. and uh, and Dewan Jones, who we, you know, as we well, you and I both know, and uh, Burham and uh, Spencer Holbrook all know, He's been working out some at guard, you know, Dewan Jones. He's too big of a body, and and uh, and he has advanced too far to not play somewhere on that line, you would think, at least in a backup basis. And then the other thing was when I asked about the uh, – I personally asked about the defense. You know, you remember Ryan Day took some umbrage last year when people were questioning whether the defense could get fixed from the year before. I thought it was a legit question back then. <laughs> and, uh, and now it's the question is whether they can pick up where they left off for the most part, even though those big plays really kind of got to them last year at the end of the year, if they can pick up where they left off last year with all these new faces playing in full-time roles, he's pretty confident that's going to happen. Burm, what'd you think? Well, I mean, I think it, what's great is that uh, despite the fact that we're starting the season so much later and all the weird things that have happening, that the coaches are now in mid-season like coach speak form because uh, <laughs> Ryan Day. That part is great. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's great that people are excelling at their job. Ryan Day is is one of the <laughs> Ryan Day is normally so like uh, pointed and 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 specific, and today he was very vague and very um, you know beating around the bush on questions about personnel, which you understand. I mean, the simple truth is Ohio State and everyone else is in this weird position where somebody can be out of a game tomorrow when they think they're playing today. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I thought that the more interesting stuff was Greg Stradwara and the way that he's approaching the offensive line because guys like Dewan Jones have to play on the inside um, in, in the event of something going wrong. So, um, you know, ultimately, I think the, the, the takeaway is just that the, the Buckeyes are focused and, and obviously they, like a lot of people, are kind of frustrated with all the protocols that you have to follow. You can sort of read that on Ryan Day's voice and um, – but as he said over and over in the last month and a half, this is what they got to do. It has to be an everyday thing. And, and, and they're now four days away from finally playing football. So the part that you alluded to there with Ryan Day, and, you know, he, he's not, uh, this is not a program that puts out definitive depth charts. Uh, we do get an availability report on Fridays, which are pretty helpful. Uh, but that leaves some, some situations and some positions that are uncertain to us, even though we have a good idea for how they might shake out. So who would be the actual backup quarterback? I think we know if it's a close game, it's probably going to be Gunnar, Gunnar Hoke. And if not, it'll be some combination of CJ Stroud and Jack Miller. When he was asked about the defensive tackles, still don't know definitively what the availability will be for Haskell Garrett or Teron Vincent. That's a position that I think there's, you know, some, uh, justifiable questions if, if concern is not the right word for that, which I don't know that it is. And then really, you know, how that safety position will work out between Josh Proctor and Marcus Hooker, uh, and then maybe playing Marcus Williamson in the slot. Um, you know, so some situations where 
you have to get to Saturday before, Tim, we really know what everything will look like for the Buckeyes. You know, you guys know this as much as anybody. Uh, you read tea leaves as much as you listen to people. When you see that Marcus Williamson is on the uh, interview list tomorrow for the three players we're going to – four players we're going to get to interview, you, usually that usually indicates something good is happening for that guy. Right. Uh, so is he going to be that slot corner? It sure looks like that, you know, just from the tea leaves. The proof will be in the pudding. They're going to play – they're going to play a lot of guys. And Berm touched on this a minute ago uh, – because he said Stu Drava basically indicated that. But Stu Drava gave the reason, you know, is that in COVID-19 on Friday, you know, you're starting right tackle, you're starting left guard or whomever can flunk the COVID-19 test. And now the backup has got to go tomorrow. And uh, that, so all of these teams have got to be practicing continually with that in mind. You know, and the other thing is, you know, as far as Ryan Day goes and his sort of approach – you know, I don't. I don't think he's necessarily frustrated by the uh, by the protocols that are in place. I think he would walk on hot coals to get to the starter, to get to the start of this season. Uh, but he is he is just continually harping on the vigilance that everybody involved, from the from the trainers taping the the, the ankles to the uh, coaches, and in between the players, et cetera, have got to continue to have through the next ten weeks. Uh, they cannot lose sight of the of the end of the game, which is you got to stay clean. You don't want to lose a guy for three or possibly eight or nine weeks. Yeah, another thing that I thought today was interesting was that he, he seemed to kind of walk back the talk about the 50-50 split that we had heard about at running back uh, a few weeks ago. And not that he said it specifically, but he starts to talk more about we're going to play a lot of plays. We're going to try to mix things up. I mean – it it seems a little different than the 50-50 master and, and Trey that we heard um, when him and Tony Alford met with the media three weeks ago. So that's the other thing I think – I'm a believer, and I, I think, Austin, you are too, Tim. I, I'm not going to speak for you because I don't know – we've not really spoken about it. But I, I think Trey Sermon will end up being the every down back for this team, uh, you know, in the event of, like, you know, being healthy. Um, so I think it's interesting that that kind of conversation was starting to – maybe shift its narrative a little bit. Yeah, I think both are going to play, though. Don't you agree, Austin? Oh, yeah, they and, have to play them both. I yeah, mean, they have no to doubt play. They're play yeah. both. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, that, that's what we're reading. And number two, you know, even though uh, obviously the, the the length of time they've had to wait to start this season has been a godsend for Master Teague third. there's no use pushing him on that either, you know, from a overuse standpoint or whatever. So, yeah, but I, I agree. You know, we all remember Trey Sermon when he was healthy at Oklahoma and what he brought to the table. And uh, it's a lot of what they're looking for. And I think that, you know, to Berm's point, that that conversation is a lot easier to have in the middle of training camp when you're competing and, uh, you know, even not even going fully live, not having scrimmages or taking a player to the ground. And the closer you get to, you know, Saturday with a player coming off of an Achilles tear, which is such a difficult injury, especially at this position, even, you know, we've brought this up over and over with what happened with tough Borland and Justin Hilliard, that players can come back and they can play. They can feel like they're a hundred percent, but it is very difficult to truly get back to the level you were on that injury so quickly. Yeah. The fact that he's even available is a tribute to master Teague, just as it was to those other guys. And, you know, Trey Sermon also had an injury, but an LCL tear in the middle of last year is not the same as an Achilles in March. So 
I, I think Correct. that realization starts to set in the closer that you get, you know, to, to putting in a game plan to play a game that truly matters. Right. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. By the way, another thing jumped out to me at the, was at the end with Greg Studrow when you're the end, when he talked about Luke Weipler, is that, that is how you pronounce his name, right? Or Whipler. Whipler. I, I mean, he said Weipler, but I'm pretty sure it's Whipler, yeah. but yeah, well, Whoever I, whoever I stood pronounces it, I'm sure Luke, Luke, Luke will respond, <laughs> you know, when he says go in there. Yeah. He's the second team center. Now, we all know that probably if anything happened, God forbid, to Josh Myers, that uh, Harry Miller would probably just flip right over there. But uh, but I just think his the idea that he is in the two deep uh, going into this game is one of those little peeks behind the curtain of guys who have really made some strides because almost everybody else he mentioned as backups on the offensive line, like Enoch Vimahi and these other guys, we all knew about. But uh, the fact that Luke has, has asserted himself to that regard, I think that's interesting. This is a very interesting freshman class for the for the offensive line when you consider Paris Johnson probably is the number two right tackle. You know, uh, don't you guys agree with that? He's probably the number two tackle on either side. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought it was interesting. One of the things that I took note of when we did get you know, 30 minutes in the horseshoe with those guys a couple weeks ago is that when you look down the line, when the quarterbacks were snapping, Luke Whipler was standing next to Josh Myers. And that's, that's generally how it works in the depth chart pecking order. And it wasn't Harry Miller down there. And I thought that was interesting because I do agree with you, Tim, and I'm sure that Berm does too. The expectation would be since Harry Miller is the next guy for the future, we know he's going to move to center after this year, uh, or that's the full expectation. It right, was, but is he? I mean, that's the thing you have to ask yeah, now. Like, is he? Yeah. The, the comparison that uh, Coach Dedrara made was that people were seeing a lot of Harry Miller and Luke Whipler. And, and you know, for those of us that got to know Luke in, in the recruiting, and Austin, we went out and talked to him. He's an extremely bright kid, super cerebral, um, very similar to Harry in that way. I mean, those guys and I would joke about how they were all kind of nerds together. Um, <laughs> but – you know, the body wise is where I thought that there was a pretty big gap between what Luke's development was and what Harry was as a freshman, but clearly he's picking up the offense and he's understanding the role. And maybe that makes it possible to keep Harry Miller at guard next year, or maybe Harry moves to center and Luke moves to guard. I mean, it just seems clear that those guys are going to play. I, I think that I wanted to ask coach Stadrara or, or Ryan day. I didn't get uh, an opportunity because we talk about, those four freshman receivers all the time and how important they're going to be. But that was a six man offensive line class in the class of 2020. Um, and one of the things they really went after in that group was versatility of guys like Josh Fryer and Jacob James uh, and uh, Grant uh, Chuton and, and Trey LaRue, who we haven't heard much about th- those guys, but I really think that Jacob James and Josh uh, Fryer are going to end up sneaking their way into this two deep, um, maybe even ahead of guys like Matt Jones and Enoch Bamahi, who were brought up today, because I just think that their their versatility and the ability to play five spots um, changes things in, in the COVID world. <laughs> We'd be remiss if we didn't bring up, you know, what uh, Greg Stadrawa said about their Munford at left tackle. We've he, He's sort of been a given that we knew he would be the starter. He's been starting for several years, and so there wasn't, you know, much to really dive into with him this offseason. It was just – you know, he's there, and uh, there's not something Ohio State's going to worry about. But he's talked uh, – you know, Sudrawa did specifically about how much time Thayer Munford missed last year while dealing with the back injury, the hip before that, uh, I believe, coming out of that Rose Bowl, that that he wasn't able to, you know, do heavy lifting. 
He also had yeah, he said nine months. That was that was surprising to me. I, I didn't have any idea it was that much time that he missed. And a huge amount of time. And I remember asking Thayer about that. You know, I think it was coming out of the Wisconsin game, and he really – we knew that he was laboring through that one, and he struggled, and he was upfront and honest that he was, you know, not happy with the way that – what he saw on film and the way he graded out. So I, that helps put it into context where if there – people that don't you know, remember the upside or the fact that we talked about him being a future first-round pick. We didn't play like that last year. But if he's now had a full year, even if it's been these unique year, challenges of 2020, nodding out, not after thinking about the back, not being concerned about staying healthy, being able to lift, you know, if their Munford is back, that sort of goes to your point as well, Tim, that this could be a truly special offensive line. Yeah, wasn't it amazing how many people didn't catch on to the fact that he was banged up before the Rose Bowl? I mean, uh, and uh, but if you were paying attention, those few brief moments we got to watch, <laughs> and he was on the cart. You know, I mean, interesting. You know what I'm saying, Austin? Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Hey, I want to ask both of you guys this though: who is the who is the first quarterback off the bench in relief of Justin Fields? That clearly was not delineated today. Uh, May not be delineated tomorrow. May not be delineated Thursday. Who is the my my take is that they will still go with Gunner Hoke initially off the bench. What is your take, Austin Ward? If this game plays out like <laughs> all the Nebraska games that I remember, and Ohio State handles its business quickly, and I can file a story by halftime, then I expect C.J. Stroud will be the first one off the bench, and they will start preparing for the future. If the game is close. And it's this week or next week at Penn State. Uh, I think that Ryan Day would side on uh, the experience of Gunnar Hoke. Um, it, it depends entirely on the situation. I, I do believe, and I think that Berm agrees with this approach, that Ohio State has to figure out and get experience and, and chart the course for the future at quarterback. So, you know, I personally uh, think that Stroud is a better fit than Jack Miller. Um, anybody is, is certainly, in, you know, we're going to see how that plays out, I think, in at least the month of November when those games get out of hand. But I think at some point Gunnar Hoke is going to be passed by both of those guys, but it will not be, um, you know, before the month of November arrives. No, I mean, I, I think it's totally situation based. I mean, uh, if something happens and Justin Fields is out for an extended period of time, that's a totally different thing than if he's out because his helmet came off on a play. So, you know, if, if the helmet's off, and then it's, you run Gunnar Hulk in there to, to run the next play. But if something happens and Justin has a, a serious injury or is out for COVID and the Buckeyes lose a game or two, then in this year, like I think you just focus then strictly on next year and you focus solely on Jack and CJ. Um, you know, I, I think that the goal, if they're not winning a national championship, and obviously Ryan Day is not going to talk about them wanting to win a national championship today or playing for it or with that in mind, because <laughs> coaches, coaches don't do that, um, then the, the, the next thought is preparing for next season. And I, I think if something weird happened, you would see a split almost between Jack and CJ um, almost as an extended tryout to be the starter uh, down you the know road. What? Austin runs this thing, but I, I, what I wanted to interject here was, you know, this is an interesting year, just like going back to what Studra, Coach Stud, was talking about. You've got to you, – you're almost uh, you're almost obligated to play one or two more quarterbacks on Saturday because 
because of the possibility of COVID-19 invading the quarterback room or, or possibly your starting quarterback. So that's the reason I brought it up. I think this is important to get, get somebody in there in some quality time uh, as it is any other position on Saturday. Now you don't, you don't uh, sacrifice, you know, taking the lead or the win or whatever for it, but don't you agree that you've got to get a guy ready to play there no matter how much you love Justin Fields. But don't you have to get Justin Fields a chance to win the Heisman? Yeah, you got, all, this is not the same things that are. Yeah, of course. That's why. That's why when 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 uh, Ryan Day talks about you know well maybe I think Berm I don't mean for you to ask the question or not but the fact that uh, these this year doesn't count for these freshmen you know they can play as much as they want you know from a yeah. you know from a eligibility standpoint you got you got to take uh, like he said it takes a little bit of the of the worry out from that aspect of managing that aspect of it but you got to keep in mind that your starting quarterback from one week to the next may or may not be there because of COVID-19. And just like any other position, I think you're obligated to, to play them, don't you think? I don't see Alabama taking Mac Jones out of the game. I guess. I mean, that's uh, my thought. Is, they were in a dog <laughs> fight, man. They were in a dog <laughs> fight. <laughs> you you got to play your best guy, and, and you got to win games. And, and Justin Fields came back to Ohio State and, and fought to play this year because the Buckeyes want – to put him back in New York and they want to get him, uh, you know, on that Heisman stage. And I think that there's almost a debt owed to Justin Fields to try to put him in that position. So uh, unless it's, unless it's a 73 to seven game at the start of the fourth quarter, I I think that in a limited amount of games, a limited eight eight game schedule, I, I, I think you let Justin Fields run wild all over the big 10, as long as he's healthy, I don't think that the Buckeyes need to play another quarterback as long as he's healthy. Because if, if he ends up getting if he ends up testing if he ends up testing positive for COVID and is out for three weeks anyway, the season's over. So it doesn't matter. Oh, I, don't, I disagree with that. <laughs> oh, maybe, not, maybe, if, maybe if it happens after the Penn State game. If it happens after the Penn State game, let me let me let me yeah. correct myself. Okay. Uh, th- obviously, they could probably navigate through uh, no no name November. Um, without him, but <laughs> it, it, the, the pursuit of a wait, 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 let me interrupt you. The games you won't remember are the ones in November, I think is what you meant to say. But go yeah, ahead. I mean, it, it certainly, uh, I, I think there, there's a lot of those questions. But to me, uh, just straight up, if the Buckeyes are winning games, Justin Fields is healthy, I, I think that they owe it to him to, to let him win a Heisman Trophy. Okay. Right. He won't be going to New York, by the way. There will, It'll be a virtual ceremony. Uh, well, you know what I mean, Austin. <laughs> Figuratively, uh, virtually, he'll be going to New York. Go ahead, uh, yeah. Austin. I'm sorry. I think that they'll just be dropping off that Heisman into the uh, into the lobby at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Parachute. That's uh, that's another matter. Another we'll have time for that on another day. We're going to wind this one down. The first uh, game week practice report of the season, brought to you by Byers Auto. Feels really good to be in it uh, and talking about an actual opponent and the chance to see the Buckeyes play. Uh, finally on Saturday in the Horseshoe. Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham, I'm Austin Ward. This has been the Buyer's Auto Practice Report. We'll see you next time at Letterman Row.